let's play a game. Hello again, and welcome to yet another edition of Is It Worth It? Now, if this is the first time you've listened to the show, what we normally do is we pull down a game from the shelf. Typically, these games are rare and valuable. We play them and tell you whether or not we feel they are worth their current eBay price. Hi, I'm your host, Blaine J, and with me today, I have two guests. One, my ever-present co-host, Mr. James Milholland, and a very special guest indeed from Playing With Power podcast, we have Mike King. And if you haven't listened to Playing With Power podcast, it's a really great podcast uh, where they go over each and every episode of Nintendo Power. They go through everything in the in the magazine virtually, make fun of counselors and letters and all kinds of cool stuff. So definitely check them out. We'll give Mike a chance to talk about it a little bit at the end of the show. Anyway, we all got together and we decided collectively to talk about a game very near and dear to my heart. came out when I was at the ass end of high school, and that game is Parasite Eve. And if you're not familiar with this game, it's a Squaresoft title that's kind of a culmination of the uh, horror games like Resident Evil at the time, the survival horror games, and your standard RPG kind of mashed together. Um, unlike your typical RPG, however, you have a real-time active battle where you you don't just have like a menu that appears and you choose something as you wouldn't say Final Fantasy or whatever. Um, you do, but you don't. Um, you also get to kind of run around the enemy and dodge attacks physically as opposed to like relying solely on stats or what have you. Um, and the way they do this is when you get into a battle, your character will appear on screen along with the enemy and then... Um, to attack or use any abilities, you get this, it looks like a green playground equipment. If you, if you remember the, the little jungle gym dome that's like on virtually every playground when you were a kid, um, it kind of looks like that. And depending on your range of whatever weapon it might be, it'll, uh, or ability, it'll reach out further. And there are some abilities, I believe as well that, uh, or maybe that's the second one I'm thinking of that, uh, do different, uh, configurations as well. Um, I don't know. Funny, uh, funny story about Where do you want to start? Is, uh, I had no idea you could move around during the battle sequence until like a third battle. I was like, I was staying <laughs> there and I like, the first battle went great. I like was able to attack. And the second battle, I was like waiting for the enemy to like come back into my range. And then after the battle ended, I was like, you know, it'd be a really good idea yeah. to like move around during the battle. So you could, you could put yourself into range. And sure as shit, the third battle, I like moved. Right. Like, I'm just so conditioned from the other like role playing games to know I'm like stuck. And I had no idea. You could just move around so right, next true. battle bam ran right up and shot, yeah, the guy, great. shot the snake or whatever right in the head and that was it i was like whoa <laughs> dodge the alligator yeah this is a great it would be really nice if i could get out of his way so he doesn't bite me yeah <laughs> but i like that new ba- that take on the battle system that was great super cool and it has a unique system as well regarding the weaponry and the armor that you get in which you're able to 
Well, each piece of armor has different abilities outside of just, say, defense or whatever. Some of them will have additional slots that, like, say, your armor will have a pocket in it that allows you to carry a little bit more equipment, or maybe it'll have an auto potion or uh, things of this nature. Guns can have anything from, like, a shotgun-like burst to hit multiple enemies, uh, do two abilities per round, which is the important one, honestly, Uh, tranquilizer effects, um, exploding effects, etc. Freezing effects, and you're able to, through the use of tools and later super tools, uh, remove one of these abilities and place it on another weapon and destroying the first weapon in the process. Uh, now, with a super tool, you won't do that. You'll just remove the ability and it'll leave the gun. Um, what then? That's why super tools are so great, is because you can uh, eventually in this game you're going to get to where you have a single weapon that is just like all decked out on all kinds of attack and accuracy and range and all this sort of thing, and you'll have all kinds of abilities on it too and then you'll get a new weapon that just would be far superior if you were to be able to transfer everything over to it and you don't want to destroy that weapon so they introduce the super tool which can do you know all the abilities or uh, rather remove one of them and not destroy the item um, and yeah it's very customizable in that way um, very cool stuff uh, you also have the abilities essentially magic right it's called PE and uh, I guess we can explain that through the story of how Aya Bree the main character of this game gains her powers um i said before we go into that oh go ahead the weapon customization took for me was was that complicated to you guys maybe it was just me and my simple mind like that it took me like hours of like trial and error and resetting to like figure that whole system out did you guys have the same issue or am i just like like overthinking it or something like that it was uh interesting to begin with Okay, good. I was just like, wait a second. Am I, when it's like, am I leaving this behind or am I taking this trait with me? Or it's like when you got a multi tool thing, it's just like, uh, what? The super tool is just like, you know, you take all the good, you take all these uh, attack stats or all these defense stats, put them on there, good. The tool is just like, (laughs) it's like you're playing Operation, but like there's a gun to a loved one's head. You're like, don't touch the wrong, don't touch the wrong spot. Yeah, I regret it. I lost my assault rifle and I'm like, wait, wait, I lose that thing? You do, so then that's. I figured it out, and then I like I like, had to go through a different save state that I saved earlier, thank God, and then I continued on, but I lost like a half hour of gameplay. But I, I the system is a little complicated, but once you get it, man, it, it could be deadly. I got some pretty cool stuff out of it towards the end of the game there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it was a little complicated to me as well, but um, I've got the uh-huh. Prima official guide, so it just kind of walked me through it, you know. And I and it also we were talking pre-show James and I about the museum stage, you know, toward the end of the game chapter six or seven or whatever it is. And uh, the lack of maps in this game is kind of egregious, especially for a game of this vintage. I mean, this is, you know, 1998. This is PlayStation era. Maps were a thing in RPGs at this point. Um, and they just left them out. And the museum stage in particular is a little big. In fact, I think it's bigger than all the previous stages combined. And it gets a little confusing. You know, you you could really uh, benefit from an in-game map. In, in fact, even with the, the map in the guide itself. It was yeah, I needed, I needed a, um, a let's but, play for that. But uh, I, found, I found this great site yeah. if anyone wants to play this game, but, you know, they may be intimidated or like, well, these guys make it sound confusing. It is confusing at some parts, but overall, the game is absolutely, well, we'll get to that point later. But if you wanted to play, there's a place on lparchive.org where you can uh, see 
see Parasite Eve, and the walkthrough is hilarious and very informative. Hmm. Okay, yeah, may check that out. Probably not because I just got through playing it, but in the future, if we I replay it, I, I might check that nice. out or re- re-listen to this ten years from now. Yeah, they may, they may. Yeah, listeners, uh, check that, check that out. Definitely check the game out. I'll, I'll just spoil that right away. This is a great game, in my opinion. Um, there, it's gonna sound like in parts of it that you know I don't like it because there's a lot of things I feel like could have been done better. One of which I'll just get to now while I'm thinking of it. If you are a completionist like me, like I'm, I'm the RPG player and I, I believe James, you are as well. Uh, if there is a secret item in the game, I have to have that item. I don't care how beneficial it really is to me, right? I, I I'm like, okay, I, I will do the side quest to get Knights of the Round every time I play Final Fantasy VII, you know? I'm always going to get the Rainbow Sword and Chrono Trigger. I don't care whether or not, you know, you know, I have to get everything. That's just me. And the most egregious thing you can do in a game and this this isn't the only one that has done it but it's it's the only one that comes to mind right now is have random items and treasure chests and this game i don't know if either one of you were even aware of it because may i don't know if either of you played with a guide um i did and almost every treasure chest in the game um up to and including like the uh the museum where they ask you the quiz stuff you know everything you can get certain item with a percentage chance and then a much better item with a much smaller percentage chance the theory being you know you'll get if on a common playthrough you might get three to five of these harder to get some of them are like one percent chance to get and this includes the very first level where you run through the snow like a lot of the things will have like this weapon or a much better weapon or a tool or a super tool or what have you right and all that does to a guy like me, when you give me a guide that says, hey, you can do uh, one or the other, is it makes me save right fucking before, open the chest, nope, didn't get it, hit reset, open it again, <laughs> nope, didn't get it, and continuously do that. Now, this playthrough, I wasn't able to do that. Uh, I just, I don't have time. I'm a grown-ass man, but when I was a kid, I literally did that. Uh, you know, I'm, this is the same guide that I had right out of high school. This is a game that I bought, you know, back then Squaresoft. If they put out a game, I was buying it. I was buying it and the guide. You know, this sure, era was sure my thing. era. If it's a you know, square on it, and, you're going to get good time out of it, and yeah. you're going to get a good time. You're going to get a good time for a long time. Yeah, right. Uh, back then, very true. Now, as much. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I picked it up with the guide. And when I saw this, you know, my, my heart dropped. And I went through the entire game with a series of almost, I don't know, a thousand resets or something. I, I probably wore out the PlayStation reset button. But yeah, uh, that's that's the way it worked. Uh, this time I didn't do that. I just kind of went through. Um, gosh, we'll start with the story. Um, uh, before we've been we talking a lot mechanics, about the mechanics. You know that there the was actually a movie before this game that this is a sequel to? Uh, I knew that there was a, a book. The, yeah, I, I there wasn't was a movie, a movie that came no. out before this game, and this game references that movie slash book. So this is a sequel. Yeah, I, I knew it referenced a book. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about the movie. Yeah, We're sure. definitely going to have to watch that, James. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on that. Um, I, I do know that it referenced a book. I hadn't heard of the movie, and it referencing a book is actually why in the second and third game they start, like, just shitting the bed. Because whereas Aya Bree is, like, a, um, a character that was made up solely for this game, uh, a lot of the other supporting characters, like Kunhiko Madea, uh, the Japanese fellow that, you know, he saw the whole incident. He's from the book, and I would assume the movie, and other supporting cast members and such were, you know, properties of whoever wrote the book slash screenplay, I guess. And they weren't able to use them in subsequent games, so they had to, like, completely change everything up and make it, you know, 
different. And uh, that's why I will never play the third birthday. I own it because, you know, I'm, that's what I do. But uh, I, I played the second one, was just sorely disappointed. I heard the third one makes the second one look like a masterpiece. So I will never play it. But again, I do own it. But um, yeah, excellent yeah, point. We will have to watch like 40% that film. Um, tomatoes. So if you're watching it for entertainment, that's <laughs> too bad. But if you if you just want to complete not, your lore cachet, yeah. then I guess you can suffer through it. <sighs> it's honestly it's par for the course james and i you know since we started video games the movie uh we've watched a lot of bad films and one or two that comparatively are very good but are still pretty bad um we're we're working towards some of the better ones hopefully uh but that's another podcast we'll get to that later um this game opens up Aya Bree, our, our main character. She's a, a cop. You don't know that yet, or maybe it is mentioned. I don't know. She's all dressed up for a night at the opera, and we're not <laughs> talking about the Queen album. Um, and she's with this jackass that's taking her to the opera, and they go in, and they sit down, and it starts, and there's this chick on stage. Her name is uh, Melissa something or other, and I've completely uh, – yeah – and uh, she kind of goes apeshit, and everybody in the audience catches fire, including the guy that uh, Aya no, went he with. Escaped. So, yay. Yep. They, they ex- oh, did he? Okay, yeah, I thought he was dead in the hallway. That guy you came here with, with ran out screaming and crying. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess I missed that. I thought I saw him in the hallway as a charred body. I assumed it was him because I saw him run <laughs> you, you out. And I was him like, again, okay, you he got away. From, I think this is the partner that says, like, your date ran off screaming. Yeah. We have, yeah, oh, the, okay. the cut yeah. scene at the beginning okay. is fantastic with the pan shot of the Statue of Liberty, the Twin Towers, the, 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 the Christmas oh, tree at Rockefeller Center. Like, for a Japanese game to have this much knowledge mm-hmm. of New York and, like, the basic game where it's, like, either not in some fictional world or in Japan, it was, like, a real, it was uh, an interesting turn and the opera scene the cutscene where the lady's singing and again the cutscenes in this for a playstation era are top notch oh yeah oh i agree yeah they are yeah, this this scene was far more well. This and the, the uh, initial rat scene where the rat you know turns and it's got the yeah, it's much much more so than the original say Resident Evil cutscene where the zombie turns around. I mean that's iconic, but when you watch it it's now, it's kind of like eh, yeah, okay. But yeah, th- these still hold up to an extent. I mean there are still some funny looking imagery like when you the Shiva the dog scene where oh, you know you, you first see Shiva as a dog and you're like okay. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Um, the fire that, we're not talking about that yet. So and, you, and she's just like singing, uh, and uh, the and world she, is burning. Uh. Not missing a beat. Yeah, that's what's so creepy about that scene to me, is that here's this chick, you know, everything is going crazy around her. Everyone is, you know, burning, spontaneously combusting, the curtains are going up, everything. And she is just calmly, you know, singing just as all this shit is going on. And you're just like, oh, shit, you know, but A is unaffected by it. And uh, you can, you know, go and talk to Melissa and run around and such. And honestly, it's been a minute since I played, so I've kind I, of forgotten some of the yeah, beats I've, on this. I've, I've got that uh, walkthrough right here, ahead. so it's got like scene, like showing scenes from it. And it's like it screws with your mind right off the bat when she says like our cells are your cells are trying to communicate and they're calling out, and you're just like you're just like in the same position as Aya going like, "Qué pasa?" Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And that's, that's something that this game does a lot of, honestly, is, um, and, and as we progress, maybe we'll touch on some of it, but it, it does kind of, if you know anything about mitochondria, and it, you will get sick of hearing the word mitochondria. <laughs> and, and if this is but, where you're um, learning about it, you will learn some mistakes. You will learn some huge mistakes. Uh, there's a lot of, the, you've got to turn your brain off a little bit. It's This is Star Trek science, you know, and maybe there's fictional maybe history novels. There's is, fictional history novels. This is fictional science novels, or science fiction, if it's, you will. It's pretty agreeable. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's still it's still good for what it is, you know. And um, yeah, apparently your cells are trying to talk to each other. You don't know why. Aya is you know not affected completely. She feels hot, but doesn't burn. And then you get to run backstage, and you get a little bit of the backstory of Melissa by reading her personal diary. You find out that um, she had some kind of uh, transplant done to her recently, and she's taking. Um, these pills that suppress uh oh gosh what do you call it when you get an organ and your body attacks it um and she's getting these suppressants to to keep that at bay and it's from a dr hans klamp who i imagine is being very german well they have to let you they um, have to let you know he's evil right and she's bat, so right yeah he's he's very uh nazi doctor type so yeah, when you finally do medium. But yeah, he's feeding her with all these pills and she's taking more and more so that she's able to continue with this show because it's Melissa's oh, yeah. life dream to be, you know, th this uh, famous opera singer or whatever. And this is her one shot. And uh, yeah, you get Although, to see some other things well, that are pretty yeah, hilarious. The There's a... comes in that you get, the... you, you get your first dose of Michael <laughs> Crichton nightmare fuel when you see a cute little rat. And then all of a sudden he starts freaking mm -hmm. out and then you get a nice close-up of his cells divine mutating his nuclei are growing spines and then all of a sudden he's not so cute anymore and then he be then he turns into about the size of a cat with a flaming tail and yeah yeah I, I accidentally gave fuel. my playstation away yeah. to our neighbor and this was in the collection of games i gave to him and the mother was pissed off <laughs> with me she's just like he's seven oh, years wow. old and i'm like I, I i forgot it was in the pile yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine that being a little, a little much for a seven-year-old kid. Uh, maybe not nowadays, because you know nowadays kids watch virtually everything with the advent of the internet. Uh, but back then, yeah, this would have been uh, very scary to a kid, I'm sure. Um, yeah. The, and as I was saying, there's there's some things that I, I, or one thing in particular, I found hilarious. There's a clown that you can talk to and tell him to get out or whatever. And I. I want to say that this is skippable, that you don't have to go and talk to the clown, but if you do, yeah, you run he up, dies. You get to hear him right. like... <laughs> yeah, yes, you kill the clown, which is always funny to me. And there's a really, really great scene with a parrot that um, he's saying, you know, ah, I'm on fire, I'm on fire, and you realize, oh, he's screaming what the people in the audience were screaming, and I, I like yeah, that. And then you get to too. fight a parrot if you open yeah, up one of the curtains. And uh, those things are terrifying. Yeah, yeah, you do. They are a bit, yeah. Anytime you have something non-human that can can speak at all, it, it's kind of un unnerving a little bit. And then when you add, you know, all the uh, the effects that uh, Melissa is having on the creatures around her, you know, the mutations and such that she's causing, yeah, just, yeah. I, I, I had some trouble yeah, uh, no, with gosh. the search detection, or hit search, I guess, search detection when I try to click on like I don't know a desk or something like that I swear I click in the same spot like three or four times and I'd come back later and bam there, there was the item mm -hmm. I was looking for did you guys have that issue also uh no yeah yeah the most uh, oh 
the most egregious for me um, is treasure chests. A lot of them are in, maybe it's just, I, I played it on a modern television as opposed to like, I've got a CRT as well, but I, I, I played my PlayStation 1 disc on my PlayStation 3 through HDMI to a modern day television, which probably wasn't the smartest, but whatever. Um, and I, I had a hard time seeing treasure chests, but they do do this thing. If you get into a random encounter, uh, treasure chests will light up briefly at the beginning of a random encounter oh. so that you can, they're like, oh, there it is, you know, kind of thing. And then they dim almost immediately. So then after the battle, you're like, okay, I saw something over in this area and you can find it. And of course, I had the Prima guide, so, you know, I didn't miss shit, but yeah. I mean, I did in the fact that, as I mentioned before, I didn't uh, go back and uh, reset a thousand times to get every good item, but, you know, I didn't miss a treasure chest. I really wish that when you click on a treasure chest, it anyway. would tell you what was inside the chest before you, like, had to you know, jettison an item before you looked and see what was inside. That was really irritating. Yeah, that's another thing Square did with the uh, limited inventory system. Like, you're used to Final Fantasy where you can get 99 stacks, but then you play Secret of Mana or or this game and you're like what i'm actually limited to physical pocket space like mm -hmm. earthbound is another really good example of like a just a <laughs> tiny inventory and and to be fair this was like kind of popular at the time especially amongst yeah. horror survivor horror games and you do have the ability to um, increase your inventory through the use of bonus points that you gain when you level up that you can place into different areas you know you can put it into gosh what was it p parasite eve energy i think uh, maybe hit points or something i don't even remember all the stats but you could increase stats uh after so many battles with bonus points and one of the stats you could increase was inventory space so that was kind of neat too and then again you you could also find um armor that would increase inventory space by you yeah, know, one or two <laughs> yeah. if you plan on playing so. this game in new game mode you uh tip for all you people don't invest in inventory space or the uh the other stats just put them all into your attack for your gun or something because that's the only thing that carry over mm -hmm. yeah, if you think i'm gonna be a big i'm gonna be like tenzig norgay and just like have a shit ton of carrying space on me and it's like no you you just wasted this entire playthrough sorry yep but you know how after you actually play through the game and you you know you beat the chrysler building i mean i guess you can new game plus the chrysler building, it's not yeah, like the chrysler building a is new game plus. you have to get to the uh, second playthrough to, to reach yeah it. that's right yeah and although I don't know why you'd want to, since it becomes a uh, it becomes a trial in boredom and in challenge. Yeah, it's it's not like as I was saying, you know, like a Chrono Trigger New Game Plus where you play back through and you get a different ending or anything like that. I mean, there is a a different ending through the Chrysler Building, the quote unquote good ending, but it's not. Um, it's not animated it's all like text-based and it's really the actual ending of this game is I, I felt was a much better ending um or the uh, the initial ending where everyone's eyes were glowing at the end and stuff i think i'm getting ahead of myself um i don't know where to go let's see you you find an alligator is the first boss after a small stint in the sewers usually sewer levels are pretty no, egregious no, no. this one didn't feel too bad yeah you fight you fight uh, what's her name again and, and yep. this time she her her legs fused together she oh, grows right. a, a tail spine thing while playing the piano which again nightmare fuel mm -hmm. <laughs> and then she again yeah the, again mind screw telling you about the uh, the domination of the nucleus has come to an end and you're just like oh shit is this like science corner <laughs> gee mr wizard yeah what happened at the opera and well billy we have mitochondria <laughs> yeah and she has this uh, 
there's a couple of game-breaking things to me, too. While I'm thinking about it, I meant to mention it earlier or maybe later, but anyway. Um, she has this ability whenever she's near things, they catch fire, near living things, I guess, if she wants to. She has, like, a radius. There's a couple of scenes, like one in which a character that we get introduced shortly, Medea can't go in the hospital with you because it, it feels incredibly hot. There's um, a scene in which uh, you go to a secondary opera after the alligator fight, um, where uh, the character Daniels, the big black stereotype, he think Barrett from Except Final Fantasy VII. Even, it's effectively, Except even effectively more the same character. In this one. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. He uh, he sticks his arm into the park, and it catches fire. He, he's looking for his son, Ben. He's, oh, damn, I can't go in there. And he trusts Aya to go find uh, Ben. And so she has this radius that she can literally just set people on fire. And uh, why she doesn't just, you know, she can fly. Why she doesn't just fly around the city just killing everybody, I don't know. Um, and, and one of the other things that's egregious on Aya's side is it does the Resident Evil thing that also used to always piss me off, is you got to find, you know, green card to open this door and etc uh different keys to open different doors and yet you're you're packing an arsenal you know at some points in the game you have literal rocket launchers and shit and a little glass door or whatever is uh is stopping you and it just doesn't make sense to me but it is you know it's video game so whatever um, but yeah, in the next scene, she she's everyone loves the fucking opera in Parasite Eve because there's another opera being held the next night in in Central Park, and uh, Melissa was supposed to sing in it, and she shows up and sings. Uh, ben, for some re- reason, is going with his mom, uh, Officer Daniel's ex-wife. Why you would want to bring a little black kid to an opera, I don't know. I, it seems like they wouldn't be into that, but this kid is. So they go to the opera, and like I said, uh, what's his name? can't go in Daniels can't go in so Aya goes in to save and uh, after a brief you know stint through the uh, park there you finally meet up with uh uh, Melissa, and this time she's singing instead of turning everyone to just a mass of ashes, um, flaming and whatnot. Everyone turns into this like goo, a la Ghostbusters yeah. 2, right? Yeah. And then, gosh, if I remember right, from here she runs off, you chase after her, and then she's in front of a carriage and she says, Hey, come with me on this carriage, and you do. And you fight her. Yeah, but who the fuck, you know, you just saw this woman, this is the second time you've seen her mass kill people with superpowers. You have a gun, you know? And Aya, for some reason, you know, she's like, hey, get on this carriage with me. And you're like, yeah, all right. And you jump on a carriage, she immediately turns the horses just flaming stallions now. They're, you know, scared out of their mind, and they're just flying down through Central Park. And, uh, yeah, you get a fight on the carriage, which, you know, guns, guns shoot. You know, she didn't have to get on the carriage to start this fight. She could have just been like, hold it and just start, you know, at this point, you're just unloading your clip. Or at least, I mean, I think there's, there's a point for any cop where at some point you're just like, yeah, you know, saying freeze, uh, that, that just ain't working here. And I think it's long gone with this bitch, right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just out of my mind. But yeah, you fight her there on the, on the, uh, card. And once again, she could easily beat you, it seems, because your, your weaponry is largely ineffectual on her. And then she just flies away. Um, after this, I kind of forget. Someone's going to have to pick it up. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly where it goes from here. I did keep playing, but it's kind of all a jumbled mess in my head. Through, I think day three, and I, it's been a while, so I don't recall what all we Well, you go to the uh, well, you missed the part where Daniel introduces himself by punching a reporter in the face, which is uh-huh. a, which, pu- which is a uh-huh. preface uh-huh. to 
knew Which is great. how awesome this character is. And then you go to the police station, they learn how to, uh, you know, you learn how to upgrade your tools. And then you're introduced to the son at the police station, who is a little Hugh Hefner in a smoking jacket. I don't know why the kid has a smoking jacket, but he yeah, just pulls yeah. it off because he's a baller. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all class. That's why he goes to the opera. And then after the opera scene, then you yeah. end up at the police station. And this is when you first go to the museum to talk about uh, mitochondria with Dr. Clamp. And then he uh, tells you how mitochondria are just like the batteries in the body that produce the energy and as well as uh, tell you when cells die so that your hands aren't like a big flipper, that the cells between them are programmed to die so that you can have fingers. And then after you come back to the police station, you find out it is under siege by Melissa, who, and that's when uh, you realize Daniel was there at the time, he was in the kennel with the dogs, and Shiva is gone. I'll just stop you there real quick. Why the fuck are they letting this kid... (laughs) Anyway... Just everyone, you know, they they do some things right, okay? Uh, a lot of video games, something bad happens, Resident Evil, say. Um, you got this shitstorm happening, zombies, all this stuff, and no one really takes it seriously. They send in a, a small team to deal with it. In this game, they're like, oh, shit, you know, shit got real. Everyone died at the opera. Uh, evacuate the city, you know, uh, which I do like. I like that, that they actually, they, they take that seriously but at the same time how come ben is still in town you know just go to the neighboring you go over to jersey or something and wait it out man why are you still around (laughs) but and here he is he's at the police station sure and he shook up and and uh much as you can hear in the background i'm sure uh there's this dog uh shiva is like a police dog and um yeah they they introduce ben to shiva and then shiva becomes very quickly uh not so much a good dog more like a cerberus a gooey cerberus i guess i don't know and there's a big fight with it uh, initially the, there's this police chief that apparently used to be friends with yeah, the daniel chief used to be uh, daniel's partner and what because Daniel decided to stay a cop while this guy decided to be a paper pusher. Right. And he became kind of a douchebag, which happens in real life. I mean, I, if anyone's ever worked any kind of job, you work with a guy, he gets a little, just a little bit of power. All of a sudden, his attitude completely changes. He becomes a total douchebag. Um, that, that happens to this guy times 10. Uh, once he sees that Ben is in trouble, however, he, you know, he remembers Ben from the good old days or whatever, which how, how long ago could the good old days have been? Because Ben looks like he's six or seven. I don't know how old he actually is, but he's tiny. He's a little guy. And uh, the chief, he jumps in and uh, gets in between uh, Ben and Shiva when Shiva changes over, which this is probably the worst cutscene of the game as far as the initial, as I was saying, when you see the dog, it looks hilariously bad as a dog, but then when it turns into the monster, it looks pretty pretty <laughs> badass. And then he jumps in between, unloads his clip, and uh, right, at, right at that time, you quote-unquote get there. I actually spent um, close to an hour running around the precinct looking for other items and collecting stuff and whatnot, so... Uh, Evidently, Shiva waits for you after that cutscene, and when you finally do get there, you fight it. It's not too tough a battle. You're going to want to use some of your Parasite Eve powers, uh, in particular Barrier. This is the the first fight that you yeah, really those fireballs go everywhere. Um, I think it also has a stomp attack. Yeah, they do. They're or a growl. It's a growl that yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's an area of effect. It's like a big yeah circular out out from it, and it's almost impossible to dodge. So yeah, you really need to use utilize Barrier here, and he goes down pretty quick. And then uh, gosh, I at this point uh, have we no, met? We we've met, met him, but he is. Right? 
shown, I think, in a uh, police roadblock. Yeah. As you're racing okay. towards the station, yeah, uh, Medeo right. meets some... Uh, he actually speaks Japanese, which is cute. But no, the cop speaks Japanese to him. And he uh, like realizes where the perimeter is as he's talking to a cop who is cordoned off the street. And one of them bursts into flame. And then he just takes his backpack and he's like, sayonara. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, people catching fire, I'm out too. Yeah, so, we're introduced you know. to him after but the he, police station. I think Aya passes out from a hallucination, and then she wakes up in she wakes up in the slums. That's right. With with Matsuka. Yeah, with dumpster fire. Hopefully, hopefully he's not. Oh man. <laughs> hopefully he's not in watching Soho. any hentai on that TV. Who knows what he brought? Who knows he what did he something in that back because at the at the end of the game, uh, there's this scene, and we'll get to it here in a minute. But he at some point in the game, he had to have collected some of Aya's cells, uh, presumably. Presumably it was during this time. Uh, what else did he do? You know, uh, well, he, yeah, he's, yeah, he's the one that talk, uh, he was, tells a uh, basically fills in the blank about what's going on after talk. Yeah, because when you wake up in the slum, that's when he tells you about how a scientist's wife was in a car accident. The scientist tried to culture her liver cells to keep her alive, and the scientist named those cells Eve because I guess the mitochondria was more prominent or whatever. The liver cells multiplied, took over her physical body. Yeah. She tried to give birth to the ultimate being, but the baby died because it was contaminated by the mitochondria in the male which is another science thing that's just like okay because mitochondria are passed along maternally so it wouldn't have any of the father's mitochondria but whatever although um, the one thing like uh, one thing that they science. didn't elaborate on is that mitochondria like they did uh, they did mention mitochondria have their own dna which is true and it's like one mm-hmm. of the only things in the body because like your your blood cells have like the same dna that can be found in your hair and so on because you still have the same blueprint in all your cells mitochondria have their own distinct DNA leading people to believe that uh, we absorb them as uh, at uh, at some point and they just existed as like some sort of slave cellular structure thing that uh, got reduced yeah. over time to an organelle rather than its own full thing that's just a theory anyway but the idea that we parasited something yeah or just like I'm gonna put you in my body yeah, you will make yeah. me energy thank God I, I don't know what to say it's just yeah I try not to think about such things too much if I think about all the various organisms living on my skin at any time. Yeah. This was a good game, though. I I really enjoyed it. I like the... the, Oh, like, you just got really robot-voiced on me. Robot. Oh, uh, he sounds fine on my end. I don't know. Let me, uh... <laughs> Move closer to the mic. Hey, I really like this me, game, though. I thought it was a really uh, good take, um, really good jumping off point for like the series. Unfortunately, like you, you said, Blaine, the second one wasn't was a little worse, and the third one you think was abysmal, abysmal, abysmal. Excuse me. Uh, according to everyone on the internet, the third one is unplayable. It 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 like completely goes away from the mm. RPG elements as far as that's concerned. It it, it runs into like it has a damage system on Aya that instead of showing you like. A, a number, a bar, or something as you take more damage, uh, pieces of your clothing get more and more tattered to the point where right before Ooh, death they like really new. So that's that's the <laughs> yeah, that's the way that works. So they just, they sexed it up and they couldn't even call it Parasite Eve 3. Uh, that's why they ended up having to call oh. it the third birthday. Uh, like I said, I've, I've, I've never even huh. fucking played it. Um, I found it at a pawn uh-huh. shop for two or three bucks, you know? And I was like, out of sheer nostalgia for or what was, you know, Parasite Eve and the good memories I had of it, I bought it thinking, you know, maybe one day before I die, I'll play an hour of this or whatever. And, you know, yeah. it looks good on a shelf and whatever else. But, yeah. 
Um, yeah, we're, we're introduced to Medea, and he takes you to his house in Soho, uh, where he has a just a continuously going dumpster fire, which is hilarious. And if you look at the gra- graffiti outside, little trivia bit here, um, all the names that you see on the walls are all the developers of the game. So that's kind of cool. And uh, the city has been completely, um, like, raided. You know, it's uh, people have been looting in the streets and such. And of course, it's empty now. Yeah, Daniel and does a great you do a little looting yourself. He's just like, don't worry, here's my key. And he opens up the gun shop for you. Yeah. Which... Again, he just demonstrated this is something you can do. Granted, Aya Bree's a 103-pound, you know, girl, and Daniel's like this big, like, 6'5", 300-plus behemoth, but she still has a gun, you know? They they show you that the game knows you can open doors other way than keys, and, and yet, you know, Aya or she needs a man to open the door for her, yeah. Game. Come on. <laughs> a big black man. With, with a, man. With, we haven't mentioned his yep. Hulk Hogan stash. He's a Hulkster. Yeah, he is kind of a, he's kind of trash Hulk. But yeah, he does look a little bit like the Hulk. And he's got just the big, like, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Racist, uh, oversized lips that you would see in, like, an old 1930s depiction of a black person. It just, it's pretty egregious. But, you know, this is a Japanese game. And up until very recently, that's pretty much how blacks were depicted in all their media. That's why Barrett yeah. kind of has the same look uh, to him uh, and I love stuff. how they so display like, what they think uh, black people look like, basically, by watching our TV. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they, they over-exaggerate features that they don't see often, kind of like we do with them, you know, we over-exaggerate and slanty eyes or whatever, you know, and once you're amongst anyone, you know, of any given culture for any small length of time, those kind of stereotype things start to just fade away and you don't even see them anymore, but yeah, they don't see a lot of black people over in Japan, I would imagine. So, anyway, it is what it is. It's a product of its time. I don't think they were going to be racist, but it certainly does kind of come across that way. Like Um, like they say on Avenue Q, everyone's a little bit racist. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, you get robbed by a black guy, the first thing you're going to say is, hey, I got robbed by a black guy. You're not going to say, oh, he was six feet tall. He had human features. He had dark hair. You know, it, <laughs> he had yeah, he looked like, like a, a man. He looked like a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put, put the sound bite in right here. That's, that's not where you're going. Yeah. All right, it's really simple. All right? It was a robbery. Right. Place was held up. Okay. It was a robbery. I, yeah. Place was robbed. I got it. All right? <laughs> An eyewitness here says she saw the whole thing. Okay. Just take down the description. I want a sketch of this guy up around the neighborhood within the hour. Okay. Right? You're lucky. For your first job, this is an easy one. All right. Thanks a lot, Detective. Okay. Hi, Miss Swan. I'm Officer Tamarin. I need to get a description from you, and it's only going to take us a few minutes. All righty? I saw 18. Okay. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Can you describe the perpetrator to me, ma'am? Yeah. He, he looked like a man. <laughs> okay, he was a man. Yeah, okay. everything I tell you I saw. Good, good. Was he a tall man or a short man? Yeah, n- no. Yes, he was a tall man and okay. no, he wasn't a short man? No, yeah, everything I saw, everything. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean the man who robbed this place yeah, today. Okay. What did he look like? Yeah, okay. He looked like a man. Okay, but what did his face look like? Yeah, everything. I tell you. Everything. Yes, I understand that, but yeah. I but I, I need you to describe the man who was here earlier. Okay, man okay. oh. here before. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. He looked like a man. <laughs> Details. I need details. Okay, detail. You know, say detail before. Okay. Well, okay. I, 
I stand corrected. Mea culpa. Okay. Okay. Now this man, he looks like a man. Did he have long hair or short hair? Yeah. Okay. You know, like a like a man's hair. Okay. Yeah, but was it long? Was it long or short? Yeah, everything. I tell you. Was the man dark? Was he dark or light? Yeah, dark or light. Did he have skin like mine or like a black man? Yeah. Okay. Black like me. Black like you. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, it, like I said, it is what it yeah. is. And so you go uh, to the museum. Yeah, you go to the museum. You you find Dr. Clamp's research, and then you get to see uh, a very interesting. I don't know, like how good this microscope is, but you can like zoom in on a specific mitochondria, just go into town on a nucleus, and it yeah. looks like a. Uh, I don't know. It looks like a. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's not how mitochondria actually look. They look like more like two macaroni, but this one is like a flying starfish right. with claws on it. That that just like just uh, they just gangbang this nucleus to destroy it. Yeah, I mean it's for effect, obviously. It's yeah, I don't know what kind of you know electron microscope this Dr. Clamp has. Um, certainly very 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 top of the line, but and then we get to see Maya's blood under the microscope mm -hmm. or the same mitochondria just try to gang attack this uh, nucleus, but then the nucleus just like oh no, homie, don't play that. Yeah, just and it just like away. fries them. Which, okay, so uh, that's their very simplistic way of explaining that Maya, uh, who is, it is Maya's blood, right? Maya's uh, Aya's sister that died in a car wreck, I believe. Uh, her blood yeah. is somehow doesn't get attacked by this particular strain of mitochondria, which a lot of the story in my head just kind of, it's it's there, but it, it's so, yeah, I just, like I said, I turn off my brain for a lot of it. I was <laughs> really playing more for the gameplay than I was a lot of the story. I will mention, too, though, I think this is the first level in which uh, Medea gives you, like, one of his token tokens, if you will, throughout oh, the game. So awful. He gives you all this shit, you know, and again, as a gamer, you think, oh, well, this doesn't have any effect that it says it does anything. It just says, like, a good luck charm or whatever, yeah, whatever. So you think it should increase my item drops or something. You think that it, it will do something for you. Literally does nothing. And he gives you shit like this through the game. Takes up your precious space. Yeah, you have none. You have very little space. He gives you, you know, this piece of junk that you're going to end up giving to uh, Torres or the other guy. I can't even remember his name now. Yeah, you can't even, like, to, you can't even, like, to drop it yourself because, I don't know, I guess you have, like, this internal morality system and it's just like, no, he gave you a present. You, you yeah. can't drop it. You can't throw it away. But you can put it, there, there is a system we forgot to mention uh, where you can drop weapons off with, weapons and items off with a uh, guy at the precinct. Um, initially, this officer named Torres, it is very um, stereotypical. He's the guy that can't stand doing the job that he has because of a tragedy that happened within his life. His wife was killed. Was it his wife or daughter? I can't remember. Someone in his family was killed by a gun, and so even though he's the guy that, like, fixes guns and does guns for the precinct and what have you, he doesn't like giving out guns or fixing guns, and he, he feels like there should be any other... Anything else should be explored before the use of a firearm, which is kind of bullshit. Like, here's this guy. He's got access to all kinds of badass shit in the back he could give you, but no, 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 I'm 
not going to give you any without a mod permit and whatnot. You know, it's like, no, you, you know, have you seen what's been going on in the city, Torres? It's like, maybe you should give me like whatever it is you got back there and then some because we're dealing with. And then keep some for when I keep some for when I come back. Right. Because this bitch can fly around, set things on fire, turn people to goo. She's turning rats and parrots into things that I don't want to deal with. And you're telling me all I can have is this fucking pea shooter. Yeah. We're past the negotiation stage. It's time to bust out the hardware. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. And then later when spoilers during the, uh, I guess not spoilers, but during the Shiva fight, Torres uh, ends up dying, and then it goes to his protege, who's much more into guns and stuff. He still doesn't do things for you for free. I he- know you think that finally the door would be open. It's like, well, finally we got a cool guy running the shop. No, he's a dick, too. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to need to get some special trading cards. This guy is so into Pokemon. I, I actually don't know what kind of trading cards they are. but uh, They're gun trading cards, I think. That's it's right. Pokemon. The, it's Pokemon, yeah. Some kind of stupid trading cards, and he he will only mod your equipment if you bring him either one of the two mod permits that you get at the beginning of the game, or one of these trading cards, and there's a finite amount of them. Most of them appear in the Chrysler building. And yeah, it, it's, again, it's just like, come on, dude. It's, I mean, be a bro. Like, people are dying here. You just do this shit for free. Another thing he'll do, by the by, you'll, you'll notice, uh, and maybe neither one of you know, but there are these birds and different things throughout the game that'll drop an item called junk. And you may notice that you can use an option that just says drop junk off here to either Torres or I think his name is Kyle. Um, and if you drop junk off, it, it doesn't say anything to indicate that you've done anything. But if you drop 300 pieces of junk, Kyle will say, uh, hey, I've got enough of this stuff to make you something special. Uh, and you can either leave it up to him. And if you leave it up to him, you run the risk of him making uh, some items that do, again, like much like Medea's shit, nothing. You can get an item called duper junk. Junk, an item called super junk, etc. And then there's a couple of weapons that you can get that way uh, randomly. And then you can also say, I'd like a rifle, I'd like a shotgun, I'd like a club, whatever. And he'll, out of that junk, make you these unique items that you can only get through dropping off junk. Of course, the game doesn't tell you that at all. So. Mm. But there you I go. No idea. Yeah, yeah. So there is a reason for all that junk, other than it literally just clutters up your inventory space. And you, and whatever you do, yeah. whatever you do, don't let him decide because he is a he's not your friend. No, no. You're gonna end up with duper junk, whatever the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> again, the reset button is your friend on that one. If you do let him decide, save right before. This is a game where you can save right before a lot. Actually, it seems to be the common theme. Um, anyway, gosh, where were we at? I don't even remember. Oh, we got to the uh, the hospital, right? And you go, gosh, are we going back to the hospital at this point? Because Eve needs to find... I think we've messed, up, we've messed up a bit of the order here as I'm going eh, through the playthrough. It's like, because you go to the museum, then you go to the That's police right. with Maida, and uh, it is... Either way, just make some, just uh, rearrange what we've said, and we're and you're on we're on the right track with you. Yeah, it's all it's all good. I mean, I, it's all whatever. At, at some point around here, I was gonna say, um, yeah. she needs to go get some sperm, and I forget how you learn this, but this game is just oh yes, Doctor Clamp's list at the museum talked about how there was a you know there was a need for like a special sperm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're literally going to the hospital to rot for. A sperm bank robbery. Yeah, and then you, and then you find out Melissa has beat you to the punch. Yep, and, and a neat little tidbit that they have here on the elevator ride up in the hospital. Once you do all the you know MacGuffins to get to the roof, uh, you actually see 
can see, it's kind of hard to spot a vial on the ground. If you examine it, she'll say, uh, Aya will say to herself something like, looks like she's beat me to the punch kind of thing. So yeah, you're just standing there. They actually put a vial, a used vial of sperm, uh, in the elevator with you. So, you know, that's a, a yeah. Anyway. And you get to the roof and you fight another fight, uh, this time with a spider. Um, the spiders in this game are actually the first enemies that I felt were actual hard. Like everything else, you kind of, you know, some of the bosses give you a little bit of a challenge, but the spiders are, are really bad. They, they shoot these webs out. And if the web hits you, not only does it deal damage, but you are locked in place. So you're doing what James was doing at the beginning of the game, except that, uh, you're trying to move, but all you can do is spin in a circle. And, uh, that makes you just far too easy a target. They come up and whatever other enemies are running around will also hit you and it's 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 pretty rough eventually it will wear off i think you can also cast a spell or use an item which again you're not going to be carrying too many items and you don't want to use up those slots with a cure polarisis you're going to have uh you know cures and what have you um but yeah it's pretty bad and this is a giant version of that spider um it does the very video gamey thing where you fight it and then it runs away you run after it to you know the first fight you have a like a pretty big radius that you can run around and kind of dodge its webs and then for no reason whatsoever when it goes to the the further corner of the roof you have a much smaller radius in which to run um which makes yeah, you've got all those damn vents in the way you know. it, ma- it makes no sense though i mean you still I have that it on a roof yeah you still have that whole fucking area that you were just fighting in it's not like there's a wall there it's like if you really needed to it should show it like panned out completely but you know they do it for video game reasons and yeah uh, it does it rewards you with a really kick-ass cutscene though when you finally yeah. get to uh what's her name and then the, like you think where's the military in all this and then you realize oh yeah, oh yeah they've been on the job they've been coming they've been doing their actual job so they come to do an airstrike on the hospital mm-hmm. and instead of setting a guy on fire she just liquefies the guy in the cockpit and the uh well one of them crashes into a building but the other one is coming in to crash into you yeah and so you have to get the hell off the roof right yeah and then to- when you do you f- you find the spider again who you know she just like ran off to i guess give birth or whatever because now you've got one fighting you on the damn scaffolding cleaner yeah it's like a window cleaning scaffolding that's sitting there on the side of the building you're really not given any cues to do this either it's just like oh no it's gonna hit us and you hear a high-pitched noise like of a jet engine coming in it's gradually getting louder and like and you can screw up and do nothing and die and just die and have to do that spectacularly yeah no. It's not just like oh, it's not like those it's not like those cop outs where it's just like oh a red screen and oh game over you get to see that freaking thing crash mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like this is how you die which thank thank God I didn't on this playthrough because you know I knew what to do with the prima guide and having played it previously but I did die the first time even with the guide I just didn't read about it. I was like okay I beat him and then oh shit oh shit what do I do and I'm trying to like find what to read and I remember like oh yeah you're thinking where's the staircase I got to get off the roof and right so no you're not supposed to go down the building you're supposed to jump off the friggin building right via the scaffolding and like you said a little spider jumps onto it with you or out of a window onto it and you end up having like this fight as it's free falling to the ground no matter how long you take whether it's one shotting it or you fight it for a half an hour as soon as you beat it it stops inches from the from the ground and uh daniel's there and he helps you off and uh gosh i think then you go help me out here is this the museum is this where we go to the museum <laughs> you can you can go to the sewer and you can go to the sewer in chinatown and you can go oh, right. to a uh, junkyard 
and go to shed there, fight some optional bosses, get, get some a rocket experience, right. some weaponry. Yeah. Oh, wait, the, yeah, the sewer is where you encounter the people, is where you encounter all the, uh, the slime monster. Yeah, which is now a slime monster. The slime can move, think, run around, and you have to use the sewer system to rearrange the pipes to divert the Central Park audience away from mm-hmm. something. But eventually you only end up rerouting it to the museum. Right. Which, which will come back to bite you in the ass very, very soon. Yeah. The, the museum's the worst part of this game. Um, oh, yeah. We never talked about, le- like, when you leave mm-hmm. and you're going through the sewer, you find this train station, and then you fight a centipede, which, uh, if you thought the spider was crowded, yeah, <laughs> I got news for you. Which, that's something that you shouldn't do. Don't give me a mechanic in a game where I'm able to, you know, dodge attacks and such, and then you're just like, well, F you, here's a, a, a much, a, like a zoomed in shot of whatever it is, and it's like, now we're taking that away. That that just feels bad, you know? It's like, well, if you're going to do that, you should have done this from the beginning, or just made my character stationary like in, you know, most RPGs or whatever, but sure. And yeah. It, and it, then you get out get out of the city, and then you see a fantastic shot on the bridge where it pans up to the uh, World Trade Center, and you realize that the, mon- the slime monster is heading to the museum, and that's when you get to insert disc two, which for a Squaresoft game, it's like, come on, there wasn't even an airship. What the yeah. hell? <laughs> well, the, the cutscenes on this game are really what did it, I think, but... After this, it, outside of the ending, it really gets kind of fuzzy for me. Like, I, I know there's a whole museum scene, and... Oh, it's crowded. It's really neat to see the inside of the museum. You fight animated velociraptors yeah. and pterodactyls, and you even get to see some uh, exhibits where if you get the answers right, you get some ammo, which probably isn't an issue since you've pumped up your gun quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And then you fight scorpions, and then you just fight more rubble. You end up go, like sneaking in through the back door to get out because, you know, elevators just don't work in video games. Apparently, they just don't take you to the freaking roof you want. No. Yeah. And then you go through all these exhibits, you find weapons, you answer questions, it's and long. then eventually you see this giant T-Rex skeleton, and you think, oh, that's cool. And then you walk around, and then you see the T-Rex again as you walk around the building, and you think, oh, that's still cool. Then you find the Eve naked, which, again, for a video game, for a PlayStation game to have like a totally naked woman in an exhibit giving birth mm-hmm. is uh, impressive. Yeah. And then on your way there, you see the slime monster oozing in, going around the T-Rex, and then you realize, oh, Here we go. shit. Yep. You're fighting a friggin' T-Rex. Which, cool. And this is one of, my favorite, one of my favorite bosses, simply because he's a motherfucking T-Rex. Right. That's all it really has going for it. He's just a big T-Rex, which is always, always cool. But, I mean, at this point, like, I just so wanted the museum to be done. You know, <laughs> really the game it, it, to be done. After you're, yeah. Yeah, well, before you fight the T-Rex, you see this great scene with Maida, who is, uh, no, Dr. Clamp, who's finally had enough mm-hmm. of your interference. Yep. He won't let you interfere with Eve. He goes to attack you with a scaffolding, and then what happens? Daniel Dulles, badass motherfucker, comes in and sucker punches that bastard. Because, yeah. again, Daniel is the man. Yeah, and at some point right around here, Eve just kills his ass too, right? He asks for it. He says, like, I've done everything. Now's the time, Eve, take me. And and she decides to finally burn him up because apparently she can hear him from that far away. Yep, it's like whatever. And, uh... Yep, and uh, the, the, the walkthrough says something great about Dr. Clampus says, he died as he lived. 
absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. At this point, I'm just like, whatever. I don't know. You fight the slime monster, and Uh then you get to face a different monster. You get to meet Eve, who gives birth Mm -hmm. practically in front of you. Or, well, you know, she's going into labor, and then the slime... Apparently, you only destroyed the T-Rex. The slime monster just decides to build a dome Mm -hmm. around the building. And then he, uh, the slime monster just starts walking around the city, because, you know, why not rip off Ghostbusters? Two some more. Two completely. Yeah. You got... you got the museum with the slime, and then you got the Statue of Liberty with the slime. So forget the Statue of Liberty. The slime just walks around on its own. Why not? Then you end up on the uh, aircraft carrier. Yeah. And well, the slime does some cool things by shooting off energy barriers, taking out helicopters. Yeah, and they do and, like this really silly scene where it's just like A is supposed to fly to the battleship, I believe, or wherever the it, any like the monster needs to go back to where mitochondria started or something, and that's the ocean, right? Something like that. Uh, no, uh, Eve is at the Statue of Liberty because again, it's New York. You got to include the Statue well, of Liberty. Yeah. So the slime monster goes towards the Statue of Liberty to create a shell to protect her or like to be a guardian because it's just standing up. And then you fire missiles at it, and eventually you just explode whatever core holds that thing together. You uh, give the Statue of Liberty a big bukkake. Everybody cheers. And then you see Eve coming out of the slime, and nobody's noticing that she's a lot skinnier than she used to be Hmm. because... Well, she's a minus a bun in the oven. Yeah. And then you finally get to fight her, and she is just getting uglier by the minute. She's uh, lost her tail, and now she has legs again, but again, she flies, so why? Yeah, I don't know. And then you have a kick-ass boss scene where you finally fight her. And then she has a really cool death scene Hmm. where, uh, well, in her second form, she just drops all the ugliness. And then she gets hot again with red wings, sort of like a phoenix angel thing. And then she has a a great death where she tries to, like, mutate. And then she just starts melting and decomposing. And uh, eventually her eyes turn back to normal. So in the end, she regains her humanity or she's released. For a moment or whatever. So you get to, you don't get to feel too sorry for her, like, yeah. and then you celebrate, thinking, "All right, I'm on the aircraft carrier. I'm all hunky dory." Uh, then Torres offers to autograph one of your guns. This is, of course, the only gun you will keep in the crossover. So you know, make sure you Do actually autograph your good gun instead of like, "Oh yeah, I guess this is just some pointless scribbling." Nope, it is pivotal if you want to play the if you want to play the uh, mm-hmm. new game plus. The new game plus, and then all of a sudden, aircraft carrier carriers start blowing up Eve, uh, Aya starts feeling hot and then you get to see a cute angel devil baby coming out of the slime with a big brain. Yeah. Sort of looks like Billy Qu- looks like Billy Quizboy from Venture Brothers but and then uh, aircraft carriers start blowing up again and then for some reason the one you're on doesn't explode because yeah. plot. Yeah. And then the baby climbs up the hull of the ship again don't know why because it can fly but it's still cute and then like he starts uh, he falls down on the ground then he starts crawling towards you reaching out towards you and that's when you just realize alright it's time for a late term abortion here it's you or me Mm-hmm. And the more you fight this thing, the older it gets. Yeah. It goes from like a baby to an adolescent to a full like man thing that's like all muscled and stuff. And then right. finally, and then finally, big green floaty dolphin, yeah. like all flippers and shit. And that's when he gets impossible to beat. Your bullets have no effect. Right. And that's when you find out 
that uh, Maeda has been trying to hand you something this whole time, and of course you're sick of his shit, so you keep pushing him away. Even Daniel like it's, threatens to rearrange. To, to rearrange. <laughs> Daniel threatens to rearrange his face if, he's, right. if he keeps. Daniel him cuts him bullshit. off. He's like, "No, get out of here! I don't want to hear the end of your sentence." You know, I'm just like I ain't having none of your jibba jabba. Doesn't let him finish his very important. You know, like he's very animated. It's like evident that he's got something to say, and no, he doesn't. I have know. another useless trinket for you. Well, yeah, that's what everyone's thinking. But and then <clears throat> Daniel very again, I, I guess you could say it's badass or completely unnecessary or completely just. Uh, n- there's no only one com- word for Dan- there's only one word for Daniel badass. Yeah, I don't know. I, I find this grabs- scene like. <laughs> Oh, he grabs that. He grabs the bullets. Yeah. After real, uh, where the hell did Maya have the time to extract? Well, that's what I'm saying. Cells from Aya and then synthesize this shit in the lab. And either way, he's got magic blood bullets. Yeah. Which are the only thing that can hurt the slime dolphin. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, we're in the helicopter. How are we going to get him to Maya? And then Daniel's just like, get out of the motherfucking helicopter. That's how you do it. And then well, he yeah. just jumps Not over the aware, aircraft yeah. carrier, bursting into flame. And then he's just like, oh shit, how am I going to get? Th- how am I going to deal with this bursting into flame? I know, fuck the carrier, and he just lands right in the ocean. Yeah, because he is a badass motherfucker. You can set me on fire. I got that taken care of. Yeah, I guess. I'll just jump in the ocean. I'll just jump in the ocean without setting <laughs> off the bullets Daniel. and fucking <laughs> throws them Dallas. perfectly <laughs> to the outstretched hand of Aya on an aircraft carrier. Which no, you couldn't. It is an epic moment. Like, at this point, as a your, kid, your, belief is, your disbelief is suspended, and you're I just guess. like, Daniel's the fucking man. As a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, that, wow, that guy's badass. As an adult, I'm like, come on. It's, I mean, you're asking a lot at this point. Here's a guy going to jump out of a goddamn helicopter into the ocean, throwing a clip full of bullets at the same time he's on fire and manages <laughs> to get them to her outstretched it hand. It could happen. It could happen. Yeah, Listen, he, sure. No, no, okay. He can't sucker punch the dolphin thing. No way. So what's the second best badass thing that he can do and survive? I would have liked that Jump better. out of a motherfucking helicopter on fire. I would have liked it better if he jumped on the back of the dolphin thing, just jamming the clip right into its skull. I would have liked that better. Okay, that would have been epic. I could, I could see that, yeah. <laughs> but whatever, he throws a bullet to Aya. Aya puts him in her gun. All of a sudden, the one damage that you were doing no matter what you did before is now max damage um 9999 or whatever it is and then after you beat the creature there's another scene where the creature crawling after you and you can die here too i think i forget it, you can't even fight it anymore it yeah. just decides fuck fighting i'm i'm a one hit kill you right so you got to run you just while have to- deciding how do I kill this thing? Well, I can I can do what it did to all the other aircraft carriers and blow it blow up. Blow it up, yeah. Yep. And then into the game, everyone goes back to the goddamn opera. <laughs> they haven't learned their <laughs> fucking lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, it looks uh, like Maida may have. Uh, I don't know if he's asking her out on a date or something, or if he wants to. I don't but know. But then uh, every everyone's favorite smoke, everyone's favorite little Hefner <laughs> shows up and just cock and just cock blocks him, little wedging himself between the seats, and he's like, "Hi, hey, I want to sit beside you." And I mean, like a charming little kid in a smoking jacket wants to sit beside you. Sure. Are you going to be the one to tell him to fuck off? No. 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 So poor Maida goes without. Yeah. Well, whatever. And then you get to see the same scene from the opera mm-hmm. where someone's 
just like, set her on fire! And everyone stands up like, oh shit. And then you realize, oh, the guy's just carrying a torch to continue the play. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, then ISLs start reacting and everyone's eyes turn purple and who knows, and it looks like the end of a fucking... Uh, uh, who the hell is the uh, the group that's saying I want to know what love is? Oh shit, I don't know. <laughs> I know the song. No, it's not Survivor. Foreigner. Foreigner. That's, yeah, that is Foreigner. So, as the uh, opera dims, it looks at the end of a Foreigner concert with, like, eyes just glowing in the dark. Yeah, it reminded me of, uh, like, Michael Jackson's thriller, like, any number of, like, horror tropes where, you know, the end of the film, it's like, they show, like, a a hand still there, or whatever, you know, whatever little thing. It's like, oh, we only thought that the threat, you know, everyone's eyes are glowing, indicating that maybe. Maybe uh, the threat isn't over. Maybe there's a little bit of uh, Maya in all of us, which we, we kind of failed to explain. But Maya is uh, the younger sister, twin sister, I believe, of Aya, who died in a car wreck. And she was the one that was causing all this shit. She had the mitochondria that was causing all these problems. Uh, her organs were given to various people. I believe it was a cornea transplant from Alyssa and a liver transplant for Aya. Is that right? I can't remember. I don't know. Something. Yeah, it's something like that. And then Chrysler Building happens. And then, yeah, why not Chrysler Building, which is New Game Plus mode. We we got a little bit into it earlier. Uh, Effectively, I think... I think it's a hundred levels, right? Um, and every tenth level, as you're ascending, yeah. uh, there's a boss that you beat, and there are unique items and playing cards that you can only get through playing the Chrysler Building. And this is their idea of New Game Plus. It was like they used a lot of the same uh, sprites and things throughout the rest of the game, and just reused stuff. They wanted to make the game a little longer because this is a relatively short RPG. You can beat it in about I don't know ten to fourteen hours if you know what you're doing. Um, the the Chrysler Building adds a lot of time to that uh, yeah you can yeah. infinitely do it too that's the thing so many is, bosses yeah and, and th- like this is where you really need to find super tools and use them because yeah. these bosses are just like hey let's just add a couple of extra zeros onto all their stats right which is just a number you get uh you can get a, either a toolbox or a super toolbox from um not Torres, but Kyle or whatever his name is. If you give him 12 cards and you talk to him, ask him about his, how his collection's going, he'll give you a toolbox. But if you do that, you won't be able to get the super toolbox. Um, and it's an item that will just dispense tools endlessly. And if you get all 14 of the cards from the Chrysler building, he'll give you a super toolbox, which will dispense super tools infinite. So you can, once you get that item, you can just, you know, do whatever the hell you want with all the weapon you find and just max everything out. Out. Or you could just, you know, have a life. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's just, it, it was kind of cool as a kid. I remember thinking when I rented this or bought it, rather, um, as a kid, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I can I can just keep doing this over and over and like get the baddest ass weaponry, you know. Like you can play through the game, do, then do the Chrysler building, beat the game, play through the game again, do the Chrysler, you, you can, and keep having that same gun signed, right? Um, yeah. And then no. you there's no point. There is no point. It's like you get another ending after beating the Chrysler building, but I don't remember it. I, I know I did it as a kid. I didn't do it this time. Fuck that. Yeah, the final boss is the sister herself. Yeah, Maya. Maya. Yeah, of course. Who, uh, apparently, Clamp, that evil psycho son of a bitch, not only was he transplanting organs, he was just cultivating them to create a purebred clone. So yeah. apparently, he just grew all these parts together, put them, slapped them together, and boom, life. 
So I don't know. Aya, Aya's body died, and then it got grown in separate parts and put back together, and now Aya's alive. And then you have to fight her, and then you do uh, ending. Yeah. Why? I whatever. It's again the the storyline not the best. Uh, it's really the gameplay that really stands out on this game. It's a great game. Um, doesn't go for too much, thank God. It, it's been re-released on uh, Virtual Console a couple of times. I think you can get it on PS3 and 4, pretty sure. Uh, I think it was I got even... it on PS3 for like 7 bucks or 6 yeah. bucks or something like that, so definitely worth it. Oh, for sure. Uh, even, like, this was a PS1 Greatest Hits game, and I'm looking at my shelf right now. I've got, I don't know, three or 400 PlayStation games, and wow. the only copy, of the only green label PlayStation game I own is fucking Parasite Eve. It's it's been it's been that way for a few years now. I managed to replay replace rather every other copy. You know, my Final Fantasy VII originally was like a greatest hits copy, and I was like, I can't have that shit. You know, it's just I I don't like deviation if unless it's 100% necessary from a my I'm very anal like that. So yeah, that is the one thing. And I, I actually did get a uh, uh, from a game store here locally a black label copy, but it was missing the bonus disc that came with it, and I was like, nope. And I just I brought it right back. I said, hey. Uh, uh, this is actually missing the bonus disc, and uh, I, I I just need my money back. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, I'm I'm a weirdo. But anyway, um, the greatest hits version or the normal version still go for less than thirty dollars on the original PlayStation. So if you want the original shit, you it's certainly within your budget. So unlike most games on the show, and we we've deviated a few times before, this one's not rare or valuable, but it's definitely worth your time at least up until the museum. Um, I feel like once you get to the museum, unless you're just, if you're a kid and you got infinite time and, you know, you've got a map in front of you or something, go ahead and play through it. Uh, if, if you're an adult listening to this and you're thinking, you, oh, I always meant to play that and you go back and play this, you can pretty much quit at the museum, especially since we did spoil the ending for you or, or just watch like, uh, the ending on YouTube or something after you get to the museum. Cause at, at that point, it's, it really just starts slogging on. It's really hard to get through. I, I found myself just kind of like I was playing it, but I was also playing another game on my phone and listening to a podcast. Anything I could do to make that boring, just, you know, I, as a kid, it didn't bother me so much. Now, I just couldn't handle it. This game definitely puts yeah. its best foot forward in the first five acts or so. And then grinding. Yeah, yeah, grinding is a thing. But, you know, that that's par for the course for most of these older RPGs, so... Yeah, uh, what'd you guys think? It's an excellent game. <laughs> okay. Like I said earlier, it's a great game. You know, I wish they would have built off of this game and made better ones, but apparently they didn't. But yeah, fantastic game. I, I, I will say, I James... I played the sequels, but I gotta get around to that. No, I, I was you too then. I, I will say, the second one... Um, Check it out. It's, it follows it a little bit. It, uh, it actually goes more in like, you gotta remember Resident Evil was like the thing at this time, you know, it was huge. Oh, yeah. Um, so they definitely had influences in this first game from Resident Evil. In the second one, they expounded upon that. They actually, it has tank controls. So if you like tank controls from the first three Resident Evils, <laughs> you're in fucking luck because no, thank you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, I'm used to them. You guys are probably used to them as well it, it doesn't bother me as bad as it probably should because i just played resident evil so fucking much but um the second game does have tank controls it sexualizes 
Aya a little more than it should. The monsters in it are, are kind of comical. You have these things that look like camels with like human faces for some reason. Um, I don't know. The, the cutscenes in it are brilliant. They're the best on the PlayStation. They are gorgeous. Um, outside of that, the gameplay, yeah, it's still like, I don't know. It's still RPG, but not it. It's worth a playthrough. Now, I can't say anything about the third one except that everyone that's ever played it on the internet just says, don't even watch a Let's Play of it because it will make you, like, all your memories of Parasite Eve will just be tarnished forever. It's kind of like the uh, Other M syndrome for Metroid or whatever. It's like, once you've played it, just like, you don't want to play any of them. You're just like, it leaves that bad a taste in your mouth, you know? So... I, I haven't played it, but like I said, one of these days when I'm sitting there and I look over the old game collection and I'm like, you know, I I got all the time in the world now. Maybe I'll just pop it in for an hour or something. But I uh, haven't yet and probably won't for several years, but it does look pretty on a shelf. So. <sighs> well, there you go. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people say, you know, they make the argument and they're not wrong that games are meant to be played. You know, why are you collecting them and leaving them on a shelf? Well, I collect them with the intention of one day I probably will play it, you know. That's why I started collecting in the first place. It wasn't because it's like, I just got to catch them all. It turned into that at some point a little bit. But initially, I wanted a library of games, much like my actual library. I have a library of, you know, 500 to 1,000 books or so. I've never really bothered to count. And a library of, like, DVDs, which has greatly diminished you know um, I've been selling those off to buy more games but the same idea of you know I'd like to have these things surrounding me so that when I think ooh you know what was a good game Parasite Eve I can go pull that off the shelf mm-hmm. and play it you know what I mean um, of course modern inventions of you know digital downloads and stuff have kind of made that all moot but at, I, at this point it's like I spent all the time collecting this god damn it I'm gonna keep it <laughs> so uh, at least in the we'll be the first generation future. that retires and plays yeah. 30, 40 years from now. That'll be us, 60 years old, just playing the games. I hope so. I <laughs> then you'll, have, then you'll, you'll have time for the grind again. Yeah. Yes, then we'll have time. <laughs> There's time now. Yeah. <laughs> time at last. Well, cool. <sighs> I'll, have, I'll have to finish it then. I, I, I think it, it is okay. good, James. I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, definitely, um, I, don't, I don't know if it'll be the next episode of the show. We, James and I are talking about doing some Castlevania games. I think that's probably going to be the next episode of is it worth it we'll probably go over um castlevania one two and three for the nintendo maybe super castlevania for the super nintendo and bloodlines are the ones i'm thinking of doing if you want to add any to that list james i would say let's not do any of the quote-unquote metroidvania or castle roid games the ones that you know take infinite time and are uh, effectively rpgs um i agree we'll just we'll just call it we're doing something in the castlevania realm next show we'll uh, we'll narrow it down maybe on twitter or something if we have to or just sure. and Castlevania next episode. If we want to be true to the show, I suppose we could add in Dracula X as well. That's a really pricey yeah. game. I don't actually own it, but uh, th- that's certainly something I could emulate. Uh, well, the... Let's pick two or three and run with it. Yeah, no problem. Um, and after that, uh, we are in the talks, or I should say James has been talking to our friends over at the Terra and Lightning RPG Roundup podcast. Um, they great do a show. great show. I've been listening to them off and on for about a year and a half now now they've been friends of uh 
our parent network, if you will, the RPG uh, podcast uh, that we uh, that our feed is on. Um, yeah, so you know, I've been listening to them for a while. They they do a good job. We're going to be getting with them uh, to talk about a game that, unfortunately, like I love this series. I love 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 Fantasy Star Four, and I really wish they had picked Fantasy Star Four, but they picked Fantasy Star Two, which a lot of people, you know, if if you listen to the uh, the Retro League, Hugh Johnson over there, this is his favorite of the series. Um, the, the one thing that I came away with playing this game is this is the grindiest fucking game of all games outside of like, uh, you know, a wizardry or something. You know, this this is a game that you could put, I think, even on the goddamn cover. It says something like 100 hours of playable RPG action or something. We're going to have to do the short version or I'm going to have to like use some kind of game genie something to like help up the grindage on this because I, I just remember it was really egregious on this game. But is what it is. That's what they chose. That's what we're going to be playing. Probably not going to be the next episode. Might be the one after that. Uh, I'm, yeah, the one after that for sure. It yeah. Was... I, I have it for Genesis and uh, actually I think I have it on the PS3. I think it's part of a compilation and the uh, GBA. I have the Fantasy Star uh, I think they call it the Complete Collection. It's only 1, 2, and 3, however. But 2 is definitely on there, so I guess I'll fucking play 2. I have it somehow on my uh, my iOS, my phone, so that'll that'll be easy for me. I'll play it when oh, I nice. can. So I'll try and get as far as I can through it. Hopefully they can fill in any gaps that uh, we might not get to. Yeah. But it'll be fun. It'll be a fun, it'll be a fun show. Yeah. yeah kind of right. like this show was a fun show with Mike. <laughs> yeah, so, de- uh, definitely was. It was a good show. And speaking of Mike, I do want to give you a minute to just tell us a little bit about the show's that you do and uh, the things that you do over on your network. Okay, well, we uh, Playing My Power podcast, we read each issue of Nintendo Power with my co-host Ben and John. We also have guests on the show, sometimes one time Blaine and another time James. It'd be good to have you guys again since you were all right. Sure. And we also have other uh, other guests uh, in an upcoming episode. Well, just this week, the one that's been released, we have Triforce Johnson. If you've heard of him, he uh, he organizes competitive gaming leagues as well as uh, trying to go to uh, like Africa and developing nations and try to use video games to encourage uh, technical programs in school, get kids interested in technology, you know, uh, industrialize the uh like the more rural regions of them. That's so cool. the guy's out there doing good work, and we have him on the show reading issue 34, The Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. And again, his name is Triforce Johnson. That is his legal name. It's on his damn passport. It's pretty cool. He's 18, and he's like, fuck it, my name is Triforce. <laughs> yeah, that would be I like him already. the name I would and... choose for myself if I ever got hired to be in a Zelda-themed porno. <laughs> oh, we already made that joke. <laughs> And the next week, we also have one of the game counselors from Nintendo Power. Oh, nice. We get to have one of them on the show telling us what it was like behind the scenes. And uh, awesome. it, it was it was paradise. It was the best job to have in the 80s that wasn't yeah. like some Wall Street trader. Like, oh, man, the, the hours, like the, the money that they made, the wage. The, the women. <laughs> really? Yeah, that. That's a, that's a story you're going to hear. Okay. Right. You, you also once had uh, one of the guys that just like wrote in the letters sh- section come on your show at one point right you tracked yeah. down and found like a dude that just like wrote in in the magazine and i thought that was really neat yeah, too just that. yeah that's and that's going the extra mile become, and he stayed as an art designer all the uh, figures that he made in the picture that he sent an in indent power mm-hmm. he kept making arts crafts and everything and he is now a level designer for guild wars 2 
How crazy is that? Right. So he, yeah, and he loves he loved being on the show, and we may have him on again. He is uh, he has a YouTube channel where he tells you like how to make arts and crafts, or uh, just like make nerdy amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he uh, like showed you how like uh, how to use like uh, different things to like age devices so that they look like they've been in Fallout Four. Oh, nice! Like all looking all looking decayed and ancient while still working. Uh, and uh, let's that's make Josh all this Foreman, stuff so. look like we were in the Matrix or something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so he does like amazing arts and crafts, and uh, again, Guild Wars too. If you're into role, pl- if you're into uh, MMORPGs, but you just think Warcraft is a little too mainstream, you know, mm-hmm. Guild Wars is a uh, the nice Pepsi to their Coke, right? Yeah, like, and and then we also have a new show coming out on the network called The Taste Test, hmm. where we just uh, where me and a chef decide to play each and every game that's been out on the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy, just like the old retro games, just to see like. Well, some classics we may have missed, some hidden gems, some hidden turds. Yes. And we just, uh, you know, it's called a taste test because we get to sample them. And we also get to throw out amazing food references and jokes. So <laughs> it is uh, and we all, because it. We're, good. And we're both comedians in Ontario. So we get to take a more comedic twist than the playing with power, which is hmm. funny in its own. But oh, yeah. you know, this is a turned up to 11. So I, I will yeah, say really- I, I got some looks at work listening to the episode where. Ben, I believe it's Ben, was talking about the uh, the plumber that came out, and oh my god! And cucumbers will make the turns. Yeah, sometimes them cucumbers don't make the turns. Just get Mister Screwdriver; he know what to do. So, oh, who the fuck does that? <laughs> Or your Cumbox episode. God, I'm still laughing about that. Good stuff. Yeah, we uh, we try to keep it uh, nice and relaxed on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the taste test will be released on the anniversary, the first year anniversary of our show, which is coming up at the end of October. Cool. And and we, that's... Doing, and, thank you. We've been doing this for a year, and uh, we're going to have a new show because the Patreon has been uh, supported by very nice people. Hmm, cool. And I think James is one of them. Yeah, I believe he is. And I can't. And uh, because of that, now we've been able to make time to make the taste test show which will be released on the same feed because cool. we're not making that much money to give it its own feed <laughs> right, right right but uh, we just want to give a little something to all the fans that have been listening to us so an extra show in th- for the week excellent as well as the regular show so you can look forward to that and many more things we may even be uh getting a series on the youtube video channel which is uh which won't be a podcast oh we just got, uh, you know, we got ideas. We're growing. We don't plan on stagnating. Yeah. And uh, so the Playing With Power podcast, you can find it on iTunes. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the only one that's still working. There's other Playing With Power podcasts. So just look for the one with the Nintendo Power logo on it. That's yeah. ours. Yeah, yeah. The Sounds one that good. still has stuff coming up in the feed. Yep. And uh, yeah, yep. while, while we're, well, excuse me, while we are on the um the topic of anniversaries just and it, uh, I'm glad you said anything about it. Uh, this is actually the uh, two year anniversary of this show, which is beyond like it blows my mind. I've been doing this show for two years. This is episode 24. We do one a month. Um, yeah, been with Derek and Don for two years. It blows my mind. So yeah, two years of the show and we're still doing it. And that's uh, that's really Fantastic. cool. Fantastic. I believe James, you've been on. Gosh, going on is it seven months? now that you've been with the show seven uh, or eight six or seven yeah it's, i yeah, think I mean, so man you've, you've been oh, here a while yeah 
And uh, we have another show that we started uh, three or four months ago. We've kind of been last days cool with the release dates of some of the um, the episodes. But it's like, you know, when, when we started the show, we we're like, it's going to be whenever we get them out, guys. You know, we're going to we're shooting for two a month. But if we don't get it, sorry, if we get three or four one month and we might, you know, there's no reason why we couldn't. Uh, we'll do that as well. And that show is called Video Games The Movie. And what we do on that show is we just talk about, you know, movies based on or related to video games. Uh, we will be, I don't know if we're going to be recording it today or not, but we will be doing another show with Mike, hopefully, uh, regarding a, a show that he turned us on to called There Will Be Brawl, um, the title of which based off of, I, I believe, my favorite movie, uh, There Will Be Blood. It's an excellent movie. Um, the, the film or the series, I guess, because it's a series of shows that basically make up a movie, if you will. They're like 15 minutes long a piece. Is uh it's, it's kind of hard to explain. All the characters from Smash Brothers Brawl are in it in some point, um, are depicted, and it takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom, but everything has gone to shit, as opposed to like the old school uh, like wholesome mentality Nintendo likes to convey. It's more of like a nineties New York type of attitude where, you know, Samus Aran has become a stripper and, uh, you know, Mario and Luigi are, are hooked on mushrooms and, uh, whatever drink they're drinking from Dr. Mario there, the tonics and stuff. And, <laughs> and everyone's fallen on hard times and, uh, it, it's pretty special. Uh, I, I watched six episodes. That's going to be a fun show to do. Um, James hasn't got a chance to watch it yet so that might might be something we'll have to do later i don't know but uh we do have coming up hopefully we're going to get with uh bjorn and record that double dragon episode soon as well um yeah if you want to get a hold of me you can write me at uh simon belmont at outlook.com or you can check me out on twitter at retro kel that's k-h-e-l you can write my co-host james Mulholland at jmill holland you can find both of us and I'm, oh, at, oh. I'm at goodbuddyjames, goodbuddyjames.com. That's right. You're at goodbuddyjames. Right, at gmail.com. <laughs> at gmail.com. My bad. I think I, I think I forgot to mention our Facebook, uh, Playing With Power podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, our Twitter, at getthepower88. Right. That's where you can find us, and by us, I mean me. <laughs> and all of this, including your show, uh, everything is linked to our website. Uh, you can find everything I just named on our website now, including every show we've done, links to, at retrogamecore.com. Right? That is our, yeah. Yep, spelled corp, C-O-R-P-S. Yes. Yeah. Retrogamecore.com and that's C-R-P-S. And yeah, everything, my wife finally got around to uh, really updating that quite a bit. Uh, It looks pretty good. I'm liking what she's done there. Uh, It's all beyond me. I don't, you know, HTML. Yeah, like another language because it literally is another language. So, um, yeah, but it looks great and you can find us all there. That's about it for this show, guys. We thank you for listening. So, until then, keep it retro. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.
fuck you, Nick.